0: Hello again, race fans, and welcome to a special Daytona 500 edition of the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast. I am your host, Scott Stiller. Thanks for logging on. You heard from Daytona 500 pole sitter Ricky Stenhouse Jr. on our last podcast, so we're going to focus on Chip Ganassi's team with our special guests. Kurt Busch, driver of the number one Monster Energy Camaro. Kyle Larson, driver of the number 42 Credit One Bank Chevrolet and you're also going to hear from Ross Chastain driver of the number 77 Advent Health Camaro. First up, Kyle Larson who's going to roll off 8th on the Daytona 500 grid. Hey Kyle, how you doing today? Good, how are you? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for taking some time out to join us. Yeah, no problem. It's been a couple of weeks since you picked up the victory at the Chili Bowl. Before we start talking about NASCAR, I just wanted to get your feelings now that you're a couple of weeks removed of it. How does it feel to finally win that race?
1: Uh, yeah, it felt good. You know, I've been trying to win it for a very long time, you know, half half my life. And I'm only twenty seven so um yeah it was good to to finally get it done and and you know be able to celebrate with my team and uh then you know quickly move on into the next racing um in Australia so um yeah, it was good and and now already get going here in Daytona and get the NASCAR stuff started.
0: How excited are you to get back in the car? The clash was i mean it was a crash fest, so did you learn much about the new Camaro in the clash?
1: I was able to learn a little bit. I felt like I could push a little bit easier than normal, um, which was good, um, and be more stable doing it. So, um, yeah, that was that was good. I feel like we you know, still need to get our cars faster, but um, as far as the stability, I, th- I felt like it was there.
0: When you look at the Twins on Thursday and the race on Sunday, do you go in with a game plan, or do you just kind of have to take it as it comes?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in the duels, you try and – You know just stay safe not crash don't tear up your stuff um and and you know move forward if you can but uh i think the main the main goal for for me anyways and that is just to not uh not to not to get any any issues
0: when you look at last year i was talking to chip a couple of weeks ago and he said you know we didn't get out of the gate so great so how important is it this year to you know I know Daytona's basically a roll of the dice cuz you could get collected in the big one at any moment but how important is it this year for you and the 42 team to get off to a better start to kind of set you guys up for later in the year take a little bit of that pressure off
1: yeah you always want to get get your year started off right and uh yeah I mean that starts here at Daytona so you know if you can you know it's gone okay for me the last few years of being able to, to finish in the top I think 12 but um yeah I mean I've had times here where I've you know been outside the top 30 and you feel like you feel like you're already in a hole from from the very first race so um if you can get through here and, and get a good finish and you know get a good couple few races in to start the year it really helps your your season out.
0: What are some of the keys when you get into the twin 125s on Thursday that you're going to look for or maybe work on that will kind of help you set yourself up for Sunday?
1: Try and learn even more in the draft and and see if we can get our car somewhat faster um, throughout it. So um, you don't want to do anything too erratic, you know, because you don't want to risk crashing and, and going to a backup car for for sunday's race because they you put a lot of time and effort into these primary cars that you know it's they're definitely better than your backup so um you know like i said just try not to
0: crash there's a reason they're called the primary car no doubt mm-hmm. hey when you look at the the changes in the schedule uh obviously a little bit of a different uh schedule this year than in years past, and uh, from what we understand, it's going to change a little bit more. Does that change a team team's focus, or do you just have to take it race by race? Um,
1: maybe I mean it might change the their fo- the team's focus a little bit, you know, logistics wise, you know, and and stuff like that. But um, me as a driver, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I just take it still race by race and. Um, even, even with the schedule being pretty, um, pretty much the same year to year for a while, it was still, you know, I'd, I'd forget which track we're going to the next week, um, leading up to it. So, um, nothing will change there and, and it'd be, I think the schedule changes though are good. You know, we have some off weekends throughout good points of the year, which I'm excited about.
0: Now, when you have an off weekend, typically you're jumping into your sprint car. I know a lot of people think, you know, I think outsiders look at it and say, you know, he should be focused on this or he should be focused on that. And when you won the Chili Bowl, you said how, how much it meant to you and people took that the wrong way. I, I, I don't think some people understand that jumping into your sprint car is like for a businessman going to the golf course.
1: I guess, yeah, a little bit of that, you know, it's a little relaxing for me, but, you know, I mean, I I feel like it's me just staying focused on racing. So, um, you know, I don't think it uh, matters to me much if it's a NASCAR race, sprint car midget. You know, I'm I'm focused equally on all of them. So, um, you know, that's why I've raced a lot this off season, just to try and stay fresh and get better at being a race car driver. That's my that's my job.
0: You know, it's interesting that you say that because I was talking to a couple of Chips IndyCar guys, and they were so excited to get down to Coda this week to knock the rust off because their off-season is so long. So I don't think people understand how difficult something like that is, whereas when you're racing as much as you're racing, your skills, you're keeping them fine-tuned.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, IndyCar, gosh, their off-season is half the year, it seems. So yeah, you know, it's, you forget, you know, it, it, you're definitely rusty when you sit, you know, that long and I've never sat that long, but even when I've been out of a sprint car or something for, you know, three months, um, it takes me a minute to get used to it. So I can only imagine, you know, being out for, for five or six months like they are, um, it's pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's probably nice for them that they do get to test and, and get that rust off before their season starts
0: you guys have basically you know a little bit of november december and january off Mm -hmm. and you guys are back in it how hard is it to make the transition when you've had three months off and you're jumping into the cup car and you haven't been in it for a couple of months
1: it's nice that you do get to go to daytona because it helps you get familiar with your cockpit again and stuff like that you know where you know and you're just running basically wide open around here and and um, so it helps knock a little bit of the rest off before we get to Vegas next week. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I think I stay so active. It it, it doesn't take it, – it doesn't feel like I've been out of the car for a couple months. Um, Your know, homestead doesn't feel like it was that long ago.
0: When you get into the car on Sunday, what would it mean to you to start 2020 off with a victory in the Daytona 500? Oh, yeah, it'd be great. Um, you know, you want to get your season started off on the right foot and then, you know, to top
1: that off to win the biggest, you know, NASCAR race on the schedule, um, is also, is also great. So hopefully we could do it. I've been close, you know, one other time and, um, ran out of fuel leading on the last lap. So it'd be cool to just to, to win with Chip and, and Credit One Bank and, um, yeah, add my name to the list of guys who've, who've won this race.
0: You're in a contract year. Do you even think about that when you're in the cockpit or is it just, you know, the business end takes care of itself. You're just focused on, on the racing.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely don't think about that in the car. And and honestly, I don't even think about it when I'm out of the car. It's only when I get asked about it a lot. Um, These last couple of weeks uh, in the media is when you kind of have to think about it, but um, no, I'm just, focused on racing and trying to do the best job I can for myself and my team
0: well I apologize for bringing it up but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't at least yeah no no I (laughs) yeah yeah for sure I get it it's pretty cool though the chip lets you run uh the sprint cars when you want to run them and I know all the western Pennsylvania fans love seeing you come up to Lernerville every year for the Don Martin classic
1: yeah yeah I've loved you know coming to that race and and being able to win it a couple years ago it's one of the highest-paying new sprint car races there are. so uh, And it's a fun racetrack, too, which is, which is really nice.
0: You know, a lot of people make a big deal about attendance at racing, and I think a lot of people, it's one of those sports where you have to go to the track to appreciate it, and then it kind of changes your whole focus of when you're watching it on television. So put your best salesman's hat on, and why should the mm-hmm. Western Pennsylvania race fans come check out a NASCAR race? and support the local dirt tracks.
1: You know there's a lot of stuff that goes on on a race day, you know from the fan fan zones and and if you're able to get a hot pass or something like that, you know be in the garage area around, you know close to the teams and see how hard they work and you know, walk, you know down pit road and see see a pit stop up close. I think there's just a lot of you know, exciting stuff that you don't really get to see from, from your couch. Um, and it's, it's just the overall experience throughout the the day, you know, whether that's six, seven hours that you spend at the track. I think you're, you're constantly, you know, getting to experience something, which is, which is neat. And, uh, a lot of these racetracks too, are, are updating their facilities. It's it's just, it's just cool to check out each track and, and see how they might be different from one another.
0: All three of the Ganassi cars, you, Kurt, and Ross, are in the uh, second duel. So, are there any kind of game plan to try and work with your teammates to feel the car out or anything along those lines?
1: Uh, I don't know. I haven't. Uh, I haven't spoke with them yet. But I would assume. I would assume. Yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna try and work well with each other and and keep each other out of trouble. Um, yeah, to, to be able to run our primary cars on Sunday.
0: And do you think Jim Campbell or Chevrolet is going to call you guys into a meeting to talk about the new Corvette? <laughs> uh yeah, we'll see what others what other new new cars they got coming up. Very cool. Kyle, we know you have a busy day. We appreciate you taking time out. We wish you the best of luck in this Sunday's Daytona 500 and obviously this year as you chase a NASCAR Cup Championship. Yeah, thank you. Larson said he plans on returning to Lernerville this summer for the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup. Shifting gears now as we talk to the 2004 Cup Series champion, Kurt Busch, who starts 18th in the 500. Hey, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk with us. Yeah, no problem at all. Hey, I got to ask you, when you came in, I talked to you last year before the season started and you were excited to, you know, get started with the with a new team and things of that nature and your team owner when i talked to him a couple of weeks ago we had him on the show and he talked about how you came in and just elevated the program and he said some very complimentary things about you about how your experience with all the different race cars over the years from when you started the car tomorrow the car they're doing now and he said you also carry yourself like a champion and i thought that was one of the greatest compliments that Really, anybody could give to another athlete. So, when you look back on last year, h- how do you feel about how the season went and your transition over to Chip Ganassi Racing?
2: Well, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm very flattered and I uh, appreciate the compliments from a, a champion team owner like Chip Ganassi. I mean, it for me, it, the way I went into the race shop was just like any other day. I wasn't meant to come in and, and tip over everything and reweed weed or, or re-garden or re-reset. It was just for me to show people who I am and, and how I'd like to do business. And I think it was the, the fact that everybody was willing to adapt and to want to change and to add that extra step that it takes to, to go to the racetrack each weekend and to be one of the top teams. And you know, I've always admired Ganassi and, and the way that he's approached his IndyCar program. Sports car program and the NASCAR program, and you know, with with a talent like Kyle Larson sitting there, it's like, what's what's going on? What's missing? And uh, that was one of the the things that led me to Chip Ganassi Racing was was Kyle Larson and wanting to add in my, my little bit of uh, past experience. And so, I think last year was fantastic. In 2019, we tripled all the stats. Uh, we we got to victory lane at Kentucky. Larson won at the All-Star Race and at uh, Dover in the playoffs. And, you know, we just came up a bit shy in the total point tally towards the end of the the championship run. But overall, uh, what a fantastic year. What a great foundation to build off of going into 2020. And and here we are. We're we're signed up again with Monster Energy, uh, a great sponsor of mine. And we've got Chevrolet as our manufacturer that's been with Chip, Chip Ganassi for years. Uh, off and running, so we, we have nothing to, to be ashamed of last year, um, and this is everything now. Moving forward, we want a championship run.
0: So, how excited are you to get the 2020 season started?
2: We're ready to rip. Uh, we've got um, our Daytona 500 car qualified. We've got a practice uh, this this week leading into the 500 again uh, to double check some settings in the suspension. Um, I think we're going to change some valve springs in the engine as well. Late right before the 500-miler, uh, things are good to go. And then after this, the season really starts to grind with a uh, West Coast run out to Las Vegas, um, California. Uh, we'll go to Phoenix and with a short track race. That'll test our new short track package. So we, we get to learn a lot right in the beginning of the year.
0: You're talking about learning a lot. You guys have a new body on the Camaro. You tweeted out an incredible explanation of the new car for the race fans since you've had a chance to get it on the track. What are your impressions so far? I know it's a limited window there.
2: Yeah, I mean, so far, so good. Uh, Daytona and Talladega have their set of rules or the the specs that we have to conform to for NASCAR. But once we get to Vegas and some of the other tracks, that's when we really start to see the difference and how we've made the Camaro more efficient. It has less drag, but more downforce. And that's what we need Uh, going into this season because last year we'd be wide open at some of these tracks and we'd only be posting 6th, 7th, 8th on the speed charts and we were doing everything we could to try to trim the car out to get to that pole position so now I hope we've got the right changes made and we we work on it from there.
0: How much does your experience with and you were with the Ford program over at Stewart Haas. Now you've come over to Ganassi last year, and now we've got the new Camaro. So you kind of have a little bit of a a baseline on how the Ford Mustang did things. And can you apply any of that to the Camaro, or is it something that like, okay, this is more in line with what Ford and Toyota have?
2: For me, I noticed right away um, the the Ganassi guys uh, were were on the right path with the way they um absorb the Camaro versus the, the Ford and the Toyota that we race against. And it was it was just my experience and and confirmation that helped them go, okay, we, we were thinking this direction. We knew that uh we needed to add this to our car and I kinda came in from the outside to to give some confirmation to things.
0: That kind of experience that you have, you really honed that when you started racing, I'm sure, that race craft and that bank of knowledge that really started when you first jumped into a car and all the way up to now is that a fair assessment
2: yeah it is um, my my dad uh, i owe everything to him as far as the uh, education with cars and how to work on them and then uh, ultimately he let me drive his car in a race one time <laughs> you know i was i was just there as a kid uh, racing with my dad and it was it was his education through the cars on how to work on them take care of them uh, and that applied to how I ended up um, getting a chance to race. And then when I did race, it was still that same philosophy on you got to protect your car and make, make smart decisions out on track. And that way you're not so busy trying to repair your car all the time.
0: You know, it's funny you brought up smart decisions on the track. Uh, I was going to ask you this in a little bit, but I was wondering, it seemed like guys were driving more with their mirror instead of looking out the windshield. Do you expect to see that in Sunday's race? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean that, that's a good question, a good assessment. I mean, yeah, I didn't see very many smart decisions on the uh, the all star race that we had the other day, and that's that's because there's no penalty for points. Uh, it was all about cash, and the winner takes all. So with the new format, that that just made everybody that, that much more crazy in my mind, and it was a bummer we got wrapped up in one of the wrecks uh, where we were just minding our own business, and that's that's part of. The art at Daytona's is staying out of the wreck. So hopefully we'll do a better job through our qualifier and into the 500.
0: You've won a Daytona 500, so you know what it takes to get to victory lane. I'm curious in that you were already a series champion before you won the 500, but how did the 500 victory change your life and actually add to your resume so to speak and your accomplishments in cup because you've had a phenomenal career up to this point
2: you know it, it's like uh, other racing series where you can win it overall for the, the year-long effort uh, such as being an IndyCar champion or a sports car champion of, of your respective division but when you win the most iconic race in your series you know for us in NASCAR it's the Daytona 500 sports cars 24 Hours of Daytona or the 24 Hours of Le Mans, uh, you know, in IndyCar, if you win the Indy 500, it's a championship all in its own, and it's so powerful because of the prestige and the history and the value of what the race means, and it elevates you to to championship status immediately before the season even really gets underway.
0: And really, getting out of the gate at Daytona, it can be such a crapshoot, as we all know, you can get collected by somebody else in a heartbeat. But really, if you can survive Daytona, how much of that is a key springboard into getting through this first block of races and accumulating some points and starting that championship hunt?
2: Oh, it's a tremendous boost to the whole season. If you win or top 10 Daytona, uh, it'll carry you easily into April. And, you know, that's, that's now the fifth or sixth race. And you've, you've had a, a chance to Evaluate everything, but you have the luxury of having extra points in your pocket. But it's a long season. You know, win, lose, or draw at Daytona. You got to go uh, right into the season with the next few races and put your, put your blinders on, so to speak, and gather the info and gather the data. You know, a track like Vegas that's on the schedule early in the year is a playoff race late in the year. So it's a it's a it's more of a marquee race when we go there versus a California Speedway race where we race once a year.
0: Has the perception or the mindset changed with this championship format where you look at the schedule and maybe say, okay, we're super strong at this track, we're super strong at this track, maybe we go all out, focus on these two or three races to try and get that win early so we can lock ourselves into the playoffs?
2: Yeah, I think um, there's some tracks that just come easier to drivers. Uh, There's some tracks that come easier to teams. And when you see the different patterns line up, uh, that's that's when you, I mean, you're preparing 100 percent for every race, but you can definitely have uh, that vibe or that sixth sense that things are going to go well when all of the statistics line up. And so for us, a track like Vegas last year uh, fit into the same category as Texas and Kentucky where we won. And so we know going into Vegas next week, uh, that's that's a track we need to try to capitalize on.
0: And that's a home race for you, so that got to carry some extra significance, does it not?
2: Uh, It does. It's good. It's bad. Uh, Vegas is probably my best statistical track for qualifying and my worst (laughs) statistical track for finish. So i got to turn that around this time.
0: You have a unique program that you're continuing this year with tickets for veterans through VetTix. I wonder if you could touch on that a little bit and enlighten the race fans about how it works. And I'm the type of person, I don't think we can do enough for our men and women in the armed forces.
2: You know, I kept it simple, clean, and easy, and I went through vettix.org and bought 100 tickets to every NASCAR race, and they're available through that program for our men and women who have served and are currently serving. All that they have to do is register to vettix.org. Uh, they get to baseball, football, hockey, and I wanted to make sure there was extra tickets available for NASCAR. And last year, 100 for each race it was close to 4,000 tickets. Uh, We had 50,000 requests last year for NASCAR races through this program. And so this year, I'm calling on drivers, uh, team owners, racetracks. I'm adding in. And for the Daytona 500, I got Dale Jr. He wanted to jump in. And so Dale Earnhardt Jr. gave 100 tickets to this program. So there's 200 now available for this weekend. I'm hopeful for next weekend in Vegas, we, we might be close to 300 available.
0: So if there's a company out there that wants to get involved to maybe help your efforts here, how can they do that?
2: We've talked to VetTix.org to create a link. That way they can go straight to the NASCAR Kurt Busch 100 and add to the whole pot. Uh, That's something that uh, we're we're real close. I think it it might even be active right now. Uh, I know that they were working on that diligently this week. And that's where, yeah, if you're a race fan and you want to send a military member to the track, or if you're a corporation and you want to send a thousand to the racetrack, that's what I'm hoping that this link gets up and done for vettix.org.
0: That's a fantastic program. Before I let you go, I have to ask you. I was I follow you on social media, and who's the more competitive bush in the house? Is it you or your wife Ashley?
2: That's a that's a good question. You, you would you would think that it would be me, but when Ashley puts her helmet on to go play polo, she is one of the, the most calculated. and and, and focused individuals I've seen out on any kind of field. And it's great to see her with her horses, her team, uh, and there's so many parallels uh, between Polo and and NASCAR. You never would have thought that, but I'm so proud of her when she's out there and I love to watch her ride and compete.
0: And it's great that you take the fans along for the ride with you. You guys have an incredible relationship. I always see her at the track supporting you, and when she's out racing, you're supporting her and you really seem to have that work-life balance, the two of you, and I, and I can't help but ask, does it help you on the racetrack yourself?
2: Oh, absolutely. It it happens, uh, you know, not just when the green flag drops. It it happens all the days in between with working out together, uh, working on our nutritional program, and understanding and respecting each other's balance when it comes to putting the work towards the team and, and our craft, so to speak. And so it's you know, whether it's a busy day and, and I'm with my race team or a busy day when she's with her horses and her program, uh, there's always time for each other that we make sure we spend.
0: Now, I know you're focused on the NASCAR season. You re up with Chip. You mentioned the relationship that you have with Monster, one of the great sports sponsors out there. I also saw a cool video that you took the GearWrench Camaro up to the GearWrench headquarters and had some fun with the fans there.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the whole balance of of NASCAR is, when you're with a great partner and a sponsor that uh, you know is is a public figure, an iconic figure like the Monster Claw is or Monster Energy, and then you have partners that are um, behind the scenes helping our crew members work on the cars or making tools available to race fans who work on their personal cars or need these tools to work at a at a dealership or wherever they may be to work. It it's really neat to have a balance of sponsors and partners with such a great team at Chip Ganassi Racing, and and I'm happy to be that brand ambassador uh, and to make it where it feels right. You know, if if I'm gonna be working on my car, I'm definitely gonna have a gear wrench tool and a Monster Energy on my toolbox and gonna enjoy the day.
0: That 69 Camaro you have is a sweet ride, I might add.
2: Ah, thank you, (laughs) the 69 Camaro, I love her. Uh, The orange, the hugger orange with the white stripes, she's my uh, ice cream go-getter.
0: There you go, everybody should have one of those. (laughs) Perfect. Hey, before I let you go, uh, just taking a look down the road, uh, what do you see yourself doing after your NASCAR career winds up? Jimmy Johnson's going to wrap up his season this year. He was at Circuit of the Americas the other day checking out the uh, IndyCar test session. So I was wondering, with being involved with Chip, do you see yourself maybe – uh, going to him and trying to jump in one of the Indy cars, and we all know he's not done in sports cars. He'll be back in sports cars sometime soon, I have a feeling. Do you see yourself maybe saying, hey, Chip, can I jump in one of your other cars?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons that I signed with Chip Ganassi Racing uh, was to look at other adventures around the globe for different races. And, you know, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, I went there last year as a guest uh, of Chip and his race team Number one, to really get the, the fan in, inside of me out and to enjoy the race and to knock all of the excitement off and to also explore opportunities to race for people or to get into that race. Um, you know, for me, there, there could be commentating with, with one of the, the broadcast partners or there could be, you know, being a driver coach. Um, I really don't know. The phone rings each and every day with opportunities and my focus right now is on the NASCAR car and being the best that I can be for Chip Ganassi Racing.
0: Well, we wish you all the luck this weekend in the Daytona 500. We hope it's a safe race. We want you to get out of the gate good this year. I know Chip, he's all about wins and championships. And uh, one of the things he said to me is, Kurt's a championship driver. He carries himself like a champion. He said, and when you surround yourself with champions, good things happen.
2: Oh, that's great. Again, as I'm just doing my my part to add into the program, and you know, from the steering wheel side all the way to, helping a a new crew member you know wipe down a toolbox after a day's worth of work I'm I'm happy to help out and do the best that I can for everybody.
0: Kurt best of luck to you on Sunday we appreciate you taking time out we hope to catch up with you when the uh, NASCAR season rolls up north Uh, we definitely need some warmer weather up here it's snowing it's just been nasty so I think everybody in the north's ready for race season to start.
2: You got it we'll try to warm you up spiritually from down
0: here in Florida. Sounds good Kurt we appreciate the time good luck this Sunday
2: thank you good to talk to
0: you our third and final guest in this special daytona 500 edition of the pittsburgh racing now podcast is ross chastain chastain is running the number 77 advent health camaro in the 500 it's a ganassi prepared car that is being fielded in partnership with spire motorsports chastain starts 20th in the 500 chastain is a ganassi development driver who was supposed to run the full Xfinity Series season for CGR in 2019. But when sponsorship from DC Solar never materialized, Ganassi was forced to shut the team down. Despite the setback, Chastain says the team has never wavered in their support of him.
3: I mean, they haven't wavered ever ever since we had to shut the Xfinity car down. It was, I, I asked Doug Dukart, Max Jones, Tony Lunders, and Chip, like, hey, what? do you need me to just kind of step out of the way? Like, what's the deal? And they're like, no, like come here as much as you can work with Josh, do whatever Josh says. And we're working on it. And I, I remember Doug saying like, no, we're, we're going to get you in one of these cars. We'll figure it out. And I was like, well, that's kind of odd. Cause you just sold everything and shut the Xfinity program down. But, um, he was talking about the cup car and they did, they, you know, Advent health, they were working through their relationship and they added, um, me to that portfolio with two races for kyle with the clash in kansas and me at the daytona 500 and the coke 600 so um it's been crazy to go through that process the way they prepare is unlike anything i've ever seen the way that they have me prepare is unlike anything so um it's been very enlightening and very like uh, that's why these guys are so good they have so much support behind them i've got 200 some odd employees back in concord and we're part of a bigger team with the indycar team and everything else so it's it's been good chip i've texted before like you know just BSing with him and he's like he always ends up like I'm working on it like I'm working on you so it's good.
0: Chastain says the team is trying to find additional sponsorship so we can run more races but right now it's time to focus on his job behind the wheel.
3: You know we've got people working on all that and I definitely am working on it but but for me right now is go run the best I can obviously for the Daytona 500 in this weekend with all running all three this is my only planned triple this year I want to enjoy it I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've won with all three of these teams, so I'm a little more short-sighted and looking at right now.
0: Chastain is entered in all three races at Daytona and is very thankful for the opportunity.
3: This is a lifetime opportunity. I mean, to come here with three race teams that I've won with before. We've won races um, with all three teams. We've got trophies sitting in every shop. That's crazy to me to be able to say that. So, um, yeah, it's, um, we've got a lot of family coming um a lot of friends from back home be up in the stands and stuff so yeah it's i know every time i pull on the track we will have a chance and i've, I've came here a lot but i haven't always had a chance and i've came here and sat in the stands uh we usually usually came the fourth of july weekend um but whenever we won won in for, last fourth of july the last firecracker 250 race i actually went and did a burnout in front of where we used to sit after i got done with the front stretch so i went down t- to the end of pit road and, and did another one like and i could like see myself like visual like it was it's weird to say it out loud but i could like picture myself watching and it was um it was really cool and it's really been really that's been really motivating to keep remembering that and like okay i was sitting up there watching races and now i'm down here racing and like how do i one how do i stand out right we all look pretty much the same we all sound similar like gotta stand out somehow so how do you do that and so that's been mo- motivating to think of where I'm. How far we've made it, but how much farther we can keep going.
0: Chastain says he has a good car and a game plan for the Daytona 500.
3: When I pulled on track and got up through the gear, second, third, fourth gear, I was amazed at how the car handled on the straightaway. It was crazy. I've never, I've never felt that in a Cup car, and I know we're at Daytona where it's even, you know, choked down. Uh, but man, holy moly, it's it had more power than I've ever felt. So yeah, I know that if I have a car with somewhat clean with clean fenders at the end, like we're gonna have a bullet. And then you just point and shoot at the end and hope you make it. But um, making it to the end is a big deal. And, and, you know, that's what we did last year. We attrition raced. And it's not pretty when you're doing it. But, man, if you're there, we were there at the end with, with 10 or 11 cars left and, you know, had a shot.
0: Chastain is a Florida native whose family owns a watermelon farm. He says he's had to tell some of his extended family sorry when it comes to tickets and pit passes
3: it's tough right with the how many people are going to be here it is tough to get enough passes for everybody and and some i had to tell you know some people that i this is the biggest race of our sport like they only gave, give me so many and i can only i have i asked for a few favors and got a few extra but um some are just gonna have to sit in the grandstands they just you know there's a lot of chastains running around florida so we uh yeah we are well represented
0: Chastain celebrated his first Xfinity series win at Las Vegas by smashing a watermelon in Victory Lane and says the family is bringing a bunch of watermelon to the track.
3: We're going to bring 45, maybe 90. We might bring two bins. I'm trying to round somebody up to bring the other bin over. Like one bin will fit in the back of a pickup truck. So my mom's going to bring one bin over and then we'll see if we can get the second bin.
0: Wouldn't it be cool to see one of these guys celebrating in Victory Lane with Chip Ganassi? The green flag drops shortly after 2.30 Sunday afternoon for the Daytona 500. The race will be televised by Fox, and you can listen to the race on Motor Racing Network affiliates and on Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Thanks goes out to our guests Kyle Larson and Kurt Busch, as well as Ross Chastain for taking time out of their busy schedules to talk with us. Good luck to all of them and to the entire Chip Ganassi racing team. Don't forget to log on to Pittsburgh Racing Now for all of your local racing news. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Coming up next week on the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast, back to the local guys with Lernerville 410 sprint car driver Carl Bowser and his wife, Kristen Swartzlander. I'm Scott Stiller. Thanks for logging on to the Pittsburgh Racing Now Daytona 500 edition podcast.